Welcome to Espresso Shot. I'm Sarah. Uh, I am the director here at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center. I have no idea how many years I've been in the industry at this point. I feel like they're all blurred together. Uh, just been doing this a while. That's about all about me. <laughs> and I'm TJ. Uh, I'm an event manager here at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center. Um, I've been event managing for three and a half years. Don't know. Something bro. like that. Um, but have been in the event industry for a long time. Espresso Shot is a podcast about the staff, faculty, and students of the Bush School of Government and Public Service. The recordings take place in our studio here at the Annenberg Presidential Conference Center, the Allen Building, or the comfort of the guest's office. Each episode, we will inform you of the individual's unique qualities, contributions they bring to the college, their work and or experience throughout their time here. Okay. Welcome. <laughs> Today, we are joined by Wendy Casper, who is a professor in international affairs at Texas A&M University. She has a MLS from the University of Washington and an MS in management from Texas A&M University. She teaches information intensive and research strategy courses to both graduate and undergraduate students. Her research interests include management and innovation in library services and information strategy and pedagogy, which I googled, and it's the art and science of or profession of teaching. (laughs) She has written numerous articles and book chapters and co-authored three monographs. Guide to Ethics and Acquisitions, Leading Libraries, Creating a Service Culture and Library Storage Facilities, From Planning to Construction to Operation. She has been co-editor of three premier journals in Librarianship, Library Administration and Management, Journal of Academic Librarianship, and College and Research Libraries. Wendy's bio is linked below. Please take a moment to read further on all of her accomplishments. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you. That's a lot. Uh, 25 years worth so yeah that's you struggled per you I struggled hard (laughs) (laughs) well I don't ever want to mess anything up and then obviously you know I do you start out strong and fast and then we slow but it is a lot it It is is a ton no it's well and I have trouble saying pedagogy too yes I'm not sure if I got that right Uh, and now I get to do it for like the first time in 20 five years in a <laughs> semester-long capacity. So that'll be exciting. That's awesome. So that leads us to our first question. So what's, Yeah, what's what are position? you going to be doing in the Bush School now? Now that you're transitioning out of the libraries, what are you doing with the Bush School? Uh, so my in the fall, I'm actually teaching. Uh, there was supposed to be a little bit of a transition, uh, but I think people got really excited. So <laughs> I'm, I'm teaching a, a one credit International Affairs 681, which is going to be um, capstone planning and strategy for the students taking capstone in the spring. They need it. <laughs> you were not the first person to say that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to see how this goes. It is uh, everything from kind of research methods to information organization to strategy and bringing in um, some guests to talk about collaborative writing, uh, effective team building, because I think Capstone, you know, give them all the leverage they can there on mm-hmm. that. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so that's, so that's the fall. 
just it's exciting. It, it is. It is. What's what's kind of more? I'm I'm a little bit um, trepidatious about that, but I'm a little bit more um, kind of leery about the new culture in the Bush School. I mean, the library and the Bush School are really, really different. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Uh, yeah, kind, yeah, kind of polar <laughs> opposites, actually. So uh, I would say that was very enthusiastic. Yep. <laughs> Yes, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just different. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. hopefully there can be some sort of bridge to mm-hmm. to bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. Brain bridge the culture. Yeah. Yep, yep. I mean, I've worked with the, with the Bush School for a long time, mm-hmm. but but it's kind of I've been given a lot of grace because it's like you're a librarian, right? You're people like librarians are mascots, right? Now it's you're one of us. You need to. You need to behave. <laughs> <laughs> what? Does anyone in the bush school behave? Ah, uh, not the ones that I've met. <laughs> Even I think leadership yeah, struggles. Great. <laughs> um, I mean, geez, we were kilts. Or excuse me, what are they called? No, they're kilts. Okay. Well, you had a specific name for it last time when he wore it. No, was it the leader hosen? Maybe. Dr. Yeah. Ashley. <laughs> oh yeah. Yes. Every fun. Fun um, leadership in the Bush School mm-hmm. makes it very entertaining. Yeah, it's good. I think it'd be great. I yeah. think it, yes, I think mm-hmm. it will be fun and probably maybe a welcome change. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I've I've been in the library for a long time, and I, you know, how you get a little bit stale mm-hmm. when you stay in one place, and so I'm I'm really looking forward to the new challenge. And I used to change jobs about every five years or so, three to five years. And I've been doing the same thing for about 10 now. Oh. So this will be very different yeah. and very welcome. Okay, so is this like a self-rule for you to change job every five years? Uh, <laughs> kind of. It's, so part of being, being faculty is you can determine sort of how you do your job. Yeah. Uh, and libraries have changed a lot over the past few years. So uh, I've been a bit of a utility player in the library. So when there's a new initiative like virtual chat reference or electronic reserves or merging a bunch of units, then I would have the opportunity to jump in there and do that. And that was, uh, I like those kind of project-based mm-hmm. things. Um, I like the challenge and the innovation of it. Uh, and, you know, it's, like I said, I've been out here a long time and now it's time for another change. So I'm pretty excited. Man, that's cool. So how long have you been at A&M. At A&M, yeah, within the university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's over 25 years now. Okay. Uh, I just got my pin a couple months ago, and uh, I started as... I forgot they still do that. Yeah. Do they still give out the watch? When is the watch? Like 40 years? Oh, I don't think I'll make it for that. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but yeah, so I started as in a, in a new position. It was a combination collection development and instruction. So those were two different units in the library, and they married them in one position. And so I was the first liaison, and it was to English. Um, and I did that for a number of years. And I will tell you, it was sort of my first job, kind of. Um, my first job working with people in a very close way. Um, and... I still remember that one of the faculty who, um, Jim Harner, who was head of the World Shakespeare Bibliography, really sort of 
I had a, a very formative relationship with him because it was he was very straightforward, actually. He was very outspoken, a lot like many of the Bush faculty. Um, you know, a bibliographer, a huge library user and proponent, but if something didn't work, he was going to tell you. And so... I don't need the side eye, thank you. <laughs> Which is good, right? You want yes. somebody to tell you what's wrong so you can fix it as opposed to going around and telling everybody else. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was really good. Um, and I kind of learned that that direct approach seems to have a better outcome than other things. But, um, and I really liked coming to A&M uh, because I got to work with faculty and students directly. Uh, I came from Microsoft. So uh, I worked in their library and they were doing a lot of really great things. You know, I was helping with identifying market research, mm -hmm. finding people, you know, desktop applications is who I worked with. Um, so they would request algorithms and different things so we'd go find this or, you know, different data. Um, but I really wanted to work with people, right? And everything was computer mediated. Um, the irony is now we are back here and everything is so computer mediated, right? Um, but I then get to go into the classroom and still have that kind of human touch Piece. And so that's one of the things that's a, a huge draw for me. So she answered your third question. I know. <laughs> <laughs> what was she answered two and three all of them. What was your I, main draw? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've, I've had one of the deans uh, in the library say that mm. um, the library is kind of high verbal. I was like, <laughs> okay, I'll own that. <laughs> Have you always wanted to be in like the library system? Uh, yeah, so that's actually kind of funny. Um, I'm, I've been reflecting on that because I have a daughter who's in college now too, and um, one who's another who's considering it. And so thinking about like what drives you and what, how do you make those decisions? And I remember that my junior year um, of college, I was kind of, what am I gonna do? you know, what do I do with this? So I was a uh, humanities and romance languages double major. Uh, and that you know, a lot. yeah, the, well, and, and the career goal for, for that, you know, they jokingly say is, would you like fries with that? Um, <laughs> you know, humanities majors are, <laughs> there's, there's not a lot of end there. Um, so I was looking at grad programs and I just couldn't decide. I had a list of like two dozen that I, I, well, I like this and I like this. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. I happened to be working in the science library um, on campus as a student at the time just to work, not because it was like, ooh, libraries. But I kind of had one of those like head palm moments that was like, you don't have to choose a topic if you go into libraries you can do anything and so I uh that's how I came to it it was just because I couldn't commit <laughs> you know yeah I'm still I love committed. that idea though it's like there's so many different things like if you want to learn or you want to do like you want to do you want to teach yeah I mean then yeah to have something that covers all of it I mean that's mm -hmm. that's great right well and and the answers right you know you have questions and we've all had the parent that was like you ask a question they're like look it up 
my parents yeah. did that incessantly, <laughs> right? So yeah, I didn't have Google. I had a massive amount of encyclopedias. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I know. we had to go to the library. Yeah, or <laughs> yeah. that we actually had to physically go to yeah. the library yeah. instead of calling someone, and be like, "Can you make copies of that book for me and email it to me?" Yeah, no, <laughs> it work like that. I know people are really spoiled in some ways now, mm-hmm. but then they like you don't know what it was like. But now I expect we're going to see that kind of a shift in libraries, too. I mean, there was that really big shift. I think we're going to see another really big shift um, where it's a a lot more um, focused on um, kind of just-in-time information and exactly what people need and that a lot of the control is in the researchers' hands. Uh, You know, it's it's computer-mediated, and you don't need a librarian in front of you to help you get there necessarily. If you have good systems. (laughs) Yeah. I always liked, I mean, even when I Google stuff now, I'll Google the answer to the question I have, but then I have to know the why. Mm -hmm. So then I'm still looking Looking, (laughs) for answers because. That rabbit hole that's never ending. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or, you know, my my kid, he does it a lot. You know, why is it like this? So you find the answer and you tell him and Mm -hmm. then it's, well, what if it was like this? (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. what I like about libraries is like here's the book you get the start to finish mm-hmm. all of the explanation here you go <laughs> but I think that's why I like maybe it's because we grew up like that but that's why I like how I grew up because even as an adult when I'm reading something or an article or I want something to write I will still print it and highlight it because I would prefer the hard copy versus yeah the digital tree killer you know, it's we it, recycle. <laughs> you know, it is true though. There are studies that talk about sort of understanding and retention, and that sort of physical interaction mm-hmm. with the text mm-hmm. has an impact. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a lot easier to forget something that you've written, you know, read digitally, mm-hmm. and. And again, we're also, you know, you're reading, and then an email pops up, and you know, this or that. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think, the other sort of. Um, drawback of all the technology is multitasking used to be a good thing and now multitasking is really just you you can't get deep into anything Mm -hmm. you can't concentrate so that's true yep that's true i don't like having two monitors (laughs) but i feel like i have to be doing more you don't even use the second one for anything I know. Hardly. Exactly. Yeah. It's only helpful when you're doing certain things. When you're watching TV and working. Sure. (laughs) That's it. Spreadsheets. Yeah. Different. Got my audio book on one side. (laughs) So can you tell us um, if you are currently working on any major projects or papers? Uh, Yeah. So I have, I'm on two research projects. Um, One is a, T3, you know, triads for transformation, um, president's initiative. And it's looking at, uh, actually one of the Bush faculty is on it too, Robbie Robichaud. Uh, and we're looking at nonprofits in agriculture and how they engage with policymakers. Right. Um, and so that's sort of in the beginning uh, I have a scoping review of how professional students search and use information. Um, so you think about it, and particularly vet or health or med, when you have students who are going on to become doctors or nurses, 
you want them to be able to find information effectively and well and know what good information looks like, what credible information looks like. So it's it's a study of research that's out there um, that looks at these things to see what's effective. Uh, and then... I like that idea. Yeah. Yeah, you, you don't really want... Like I googled what this rash could be. I don't want you to Google what it can be. You Stay want them to know. WebMD. Yeah, exactly. It's like you're the expert. Please tell me there's something in your head that's not on the internet. Um, so it's so true, though. Yeah, and then the last project is it's kind of an interesting um, comparison. So we looked at land grant institutions that have a. Um, they have a responsibility to share information with the public, right? That is their purpose, extension, um, doing research, but making sure that it is for the public good. And there is this huge initiative in libraries around open access, which basically says information should be free. Um, we can have a longer conversation about how information isn't free um, and the effort that it goes in there. But the, the hypothesis was that... Um, land-grant institutions would have open access policies, right? Because those missions align. Um, and the result was, uh, no, um, <laughs> less, less than 10% of them have open access policies. Yeah, so that hypothesis was like, okay, that didn't work. So we actually are exploring why that's the case. Um, and uh, yeah, because you would assume that, that those things would happen. Um, and it's so one one article submitted and another one we're working on, which talks about motivation and why the ones that do have open access policies, why they have it. For the most part, mo either the number one or number two reason is prestige and reputation. Mm. Right. Not so. honesty and transparency. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We trust hey, every time. <laughs> hey, that's disappointing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's everywhere. Mm -hmm. Politics and everything. It's very true. It's. I mean, most of the reason why researchers share um, is their federal mandates that say we gave you money, mm -hmm. you must make it open. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I'm not sure. incentive. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure if that's the carrot or the stick approach. Maybe a little bit of both. But. I say both. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you stay very busy. Yes. Uh, yes. I feel like you're very organized. <laughs> it's all a facade. Um, <laughs> I sort of organize in self-defense. Um, <laughs> I'm not very detail-oriented, but I've had to, you have to sort of pay attention to all oh, the yeah. details. And, you know, if you don't, it kind of bites you. So... Yeah, self-defense, definitely. That's awesome. <laughs> so one thing I like about what you're going to be doing at the Bush School is that you have, in the Bush School in general, it's just because they have so many practitioners on staff that it's, there's so much out there that the students just don't realize that they have access to. And I mean, I know you come and give the presentation and are available to them every year when you meet the new students and stuff, but they just don't. They don't take advantage of those things. So being able, especially for something like a capstone, mm -hmm. I think it's just going to grow that capstone um, program even more. Give them what they really need versus just 
scratching the surface of what they should be doing and give them better prepared for if potentially, you know, they are going to be policy writers or Mm -hmm. whatever they're going to be doing. Um, I'm actually excited for you because I think it, it's really going to fit kind of what you've already been doing, obviously, but just in a different, in a different way. I think the students will be very receptive. At least I hope they would be, if not, they're missing out on what the Bush school is here to provide. Yeah, they're, they're, Generally, they're very supportive. Uh, I think that the the curriculum is really robust. The students don't have a lot of extra time. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of it is finding those opportunities um, or those pain points, right? Oh, this is an issue. We can intervene and, and make it better. Um, you know, the nice thing is, so, you know, we talk about lifelong learning, which is not just a phrase, but the Bush School is sort of, very representative of, of that. Probably 50 to 70% of the information that um, the students need is open access. It is freely available. It's not a database the university pays for that a student will never have access to again once they graduate. So we go through the strategies that are pretty transferable. Um, and not just for you know classes, but for you know, their careers, because policymakers, intelligence operators, nonprofit, I mean, all of the areas that the students are going to go into require information for them to be effective, to do analysis, to recommend, you know, make decisions. So uh, the alignment, I think, with sort of my mission um, is, is really close. And really, sort of my goal is I, I want students, faculty, researchers to be empowered to find, evaluate, and use information to make things better. You know, better decisions, better outcomes, make the world better. And that's, I guess, one of the nice things about working with Bush compared to English. Um, and I really like English, you know, working with English. But <clears throat> there's only so many Shakespeare papers you can help somebody with, right? With the Bush students, the topics are always changing. They're mm-hmm. usually really current. And the line of sight to what the benefit is, is there, Yeah. right? They really are committed to trying to fix a problem or make something better. And that's very validating to me. Um, you know, it's it. I can look at it and, and feel like I had a hand in some of that. Well, I think everybody, everybody should be researching. I mean, if you see something on the news, you should research it because not everything you're going to hear is going to be accurate. I mean, there's just everybody. I feel like that's something they should be teaching younger and younger. Yeah, you stop know? watching CNN. <laughs> or Fox. Or C-SPAN. Or, anything. You know. Just stop watching the news. <laughs> you know, but doing the research and mm-hmm. teaching people how to accurately research things. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, The Onion isn't a good source of, like, news. You know how long <laughs> it took me to figure out that that whole thing was just a joke? <laughs> yeah. I was reading it being like, why are people even listening to this? Mm-hmm. And then finally someone pointed out, like, a year later. Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Uh-huh. I would yeah. hope so. <laughs> well, there there's, was a recent study that basically said people choose their news sources based on... Um, how it validates their own mm-hmm. worldview, yep. right? It's not 
fair and honest. It's mm-hmm. just, oh, this agrees with the way I look at the yeah. world. It's not like it's Walter Cron- Cronkite anymore, where he's just like, these are the facts and that's it. Mm-hmm. No opinion. <laughs> well, and I, th- I think that's one of the, the outcomes that we want students to have, right, is there is no such thing as a source without bias. I mean, even the government, um, even scholarship, right? Just the selection of a topic or a research question mm-hmm. is a bias. Um, and you you look at like pictures, you have some pictures on the wall, it's like, okay, this is the view we're seeing, but what's the view from the other direction? It's about that. <laughs> <laughs> right? we, got a wide, we got a wide variety up there. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you know, but it is. It's it's really based on whoever is presenting the information and what their mm-hmm. what their bias is. And if students walk away knowing that, that's a win. Yep. You know, so I feel like that get, does get lost on several of them throughout the year, though. Just several. Just several. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's a ton that come to the Bush School with a certain mindset of things, and they're definitely, they adapt and evolve and all those kinds of things, and they grow. There are some that have not changed at all, but I that's anywhere. That's not just the Bush School, yeah. But I do like that the Bush School offers that environment where it is a comfortable environment for them to ask the questions, challenge each other, and have those dialogues. So, so it's your favorite part about this position? Um, you know, I think it's actually working directly with the students. Uh, you know, that's <laughs> that's one of the reasons that I mess- left Microsoft, right? It's like people. I like that high touch <laughs> kind of piece. Um, and I, you know, I, I I will admit, I have completely just. Um, forgotten social media like i i was on social media and nope i'm not gonna do that um it's too much of a time suck it gets in your head too much Mm -hmm. and i'd rather kind of invest in the more personal approach so um you know that that i think is the piece Uh, i'm mentoring one of the bush students who's in dc right now um and so we meet virtually once a week and it's a sort of a combination of help her with a thesis she's doing for Fulbright, um, but also uh, touch base on how her internship is, make sure that she's got, you know, we talk through whatever issues there are. And I feel like there are a lot of students who are, they have support structures that are very, very close, but we also have a lot of students who come from mm-hmm. farther away. And, um, Sometimes the assumption is, okay, yeah, they have what everybody else has, and that's not necessarily the case. So, um, you know, being able to, to identify and fill some of the gaps, I think, is the other thing that I kind of like the opportunity to do. Because um, this is a huge university, and it's really easy for somebody to just sort of fall between. Mm-hmm. Get lost in all of it. Yeah. West Campus all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I don't go to main campus. I stay on this side for very valid reasons. My own. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It's a completely different climate. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is like being at a smaller school. Yes. It's like you can believe there are, what, 25,000 engineering students <laughs> on main campus, right? I mean, oh. Yeah. That's <laughs> where the other 60,000 students stay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't ever go down university for lunch. Uh, yeah or at five yeah that too yeah <laughs> i like this. Hope they side. come out here 
go go north (laughs) (laughs) just keep going north Mm -hmm. um yeah but i like it small little community out here yeah it is definitely like a small college out here probably why i like it so much it reminds me of college i didn't go not really (laughs) i mean more the feel of the size of it yes everybody's easily accessible they're always you know welcoming and willing to talk listen whatever the case may be yeah it's different when it's smaller yeah so anyway oh so i encourage our students you know we have student workers hey come sit distract me <laughs> how about your day how you doing how's it going mm-hmm. how's your mom how's your dad you know like mm-hmm. but taking that time to get to mentor and yeah. do those things is nice yeah. So what direction do you hope to see the school go in in the future? Oh, that's a dangerous question. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm trying so, to think if we've gotten a full honest answer from anyone. Nope. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, so we have poli size coming into the Bush School, mm-hmm. right? And international studies is coming into the Bush School. Um and, you know, my hope is that international studies will inject a little bit more of a, I guess, sort of a sociological or cultural bent. So it's when you look at international affairs from a political way, there's really kind of a almost an us them kind of, you know, domestic international kind of mm-hmm. mindset. International studies tends to be a little more immersive and say, OK, what you know, can I learn more about this culture? What is this? And not in a strategic way, more in a way to understand. So I'm hoping that a little bit of that gets injected into the Bush School so that things are maybe um, more about building rapport and diplomacy and less about examination of conflict and Mm -hmm. competitive um, posturing, um, which is an oversimplification. But, and then... um, I actually would really love to see a lot of, of partnerships and collaborations. I think that uh, a good example, you know, my daughter, youngest daughter is looking at environmental science. Well, she's very interested in the science basis, but maybe going into policy or regulation. And so having like a five-year degree that looks at the science aspect of it, but then it adds that policy piece on top would be so attractive for so many people. Um, because I think the expectation of students coming to college is it's not for my own edification. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not liberal arts and being well-rounded. It's I'm paying my money. Sorry. I just know what she's thinking right now. Yeah. And I've got to, I've got to have, I've got to have a plan. There's Mm got to be something at the end of it where I can support myself because my parents are going to be like, we paid how much in tuition and you can't get a job. (laughs) Sorry. Channeling. Um, But, but it is, I, I think that that expectation is, is there. Um, but you have to balance that too with we're not a corporate entity. It is not a transactional relationship. Um, it's not about making money. Universities, particularly public universities are for the public good. Right. Right. Um, they're there to help make society better, lift everybody up. So win football games. That's right. <laughs> Uh, well, I feel like that's... that might be the only good thing that comes out of this whole <laughs> semester is if the Aggies have a good season. So I feel like that's kind of what Leslie does because Leslie, she goes and she does her um, 
international economics, you know, she goes like all these different places mm-hmm. and then she helps write policy mm-hmm. on language too. So, I mean, that's, yep. should make that connection. Mm-hmm. Youngest daughter and Leslie. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. You know, like. <laughs> well, yeah, because of Borlaug, right? And yeah. mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and we'll see. I'm, I'm not sure that she'll go here. Um, I think she's looking to, you know, she grew up in Texas, so she's looking to kind of expand her horizons a little bit. Um, Don't and, blame her. I did. Yeah. It's, <laughs> but, and, and look where you came back to. Yeah, yeah. Here you go. I'm super thrilled. Yeah. It's hot. <laughs> yeah. Tell me. Well, and. Um, Is she a senior this year? She's a senior. Um, and her number one school is. Um, the uh, rival of the school that I went to college at. So she wants to go to Oregon State. I went to Oregon. My oldest daughter actually currently goes to Oregon because they had a really good program for what she wanted to study. So uh, yeah, uh, so we're gonna get to pay potentially out of state tuition for two kids from my home, you know, going to my home state, which is ironic in the extreme, Um, so. You know, you just, you know, use a friend's address from up there and be like, that's where she lives. Yeah. Establish residency. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I kind of wish we could. My parents lived there for a while and then they, then they moved. But So are you, you're originally from Oregon? Mm-hmm. Where at? Uh, so I grew up in Medford, which is about half an hour from the California border on I-5. Um, that's another thing. Oregon has one interstate. It's north-south. Yes. <laughs> Directions are easy. I'm like, Texas? Oh, no. Too many interstates. They gotta go I in all directions. I still get confused yeah. south and north. Because when I was in San Antonio, it was one direction north and south because it was how 35 <laughs> ran. But you get here, and I, to me, it's so weird that Brian is north. I don't understand it. It doesn't orient the way. Like, I feel like it, you know, the town should shift a little. I agree. I grew up in Houston. I'm directionally challenged because... <laughs> One yeah. month, everything will be two ways. The next month, it's a one-way street. You don't know where you're going anymore. And how many loops you guys know? So yeah. It's just <laughs> and yeah, the outer loop and then the inner loop. And yeah, there's, yeah. It there's was south, too. but now it's east. <laughs> so, so you're going east, and now yeah. somehow it's south. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 No, but it's, you know, so I started in Medford, went to the University of Oregon, then went north and up to University of Washington. So, yeah. And I love the rain. Particularly compared to, you know, the sweltering. Yep. The drought. Oh, I want to move to Seattle. <sighs> I would love it. The home of Starbucks. I... Yeah, on every corner. <laughs> when I went, I was like, okay, you have enough stores. This is insane. Oh, it's no. excessive. But you know why that is, right? So, I mean, seasonal affective disorder is a real mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. And so people self-medicate with caffeine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really true. Yep. But there's also so many other coffee shops there besides just... Mm-hmm. Starbucks. So it's like every time you turn down a new block, there's at least three or four. But I guess the good thing is that you don't have to wait in line very long. <laughs> there's one on the next block. I lived in Oregon for three years, and the only thing you didn't have to wait in line for was beer. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Where I were mean, you? Hood River. Oh, nice place. Um, yes. Hood River for two years and a year in the mountains outside of Eugene. Mm-hmm. Wait, why did you have to wait in line for beer? Because of all the microbreweries oh, everywhere. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. So you're just a bridge drive away from Washington. And mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, the weather was great. Mm-hmm. 
we just watched a show on Netflix that um, highlighted a lot of um, like pop up restaurants that came up during COVID. All these people who started their own like food trucks and stuff in Portland. I just want to go for the food. Um, <laughs> There's Portland so has, much variety. I don't even know how many blocks it is now, but it's like a food truck park. And mm. it's like four or five blocks of just That's food trucks. Amazing. Everything that you could like think of is, is cool. Yeah. Everything was different. I would love to, to go. You should go? Uh, yeah. <laughs> should go next month. Uh, no. Oh, no. We're going to Pittsburgh. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> What's in Pittsburgh? Uh, well, so, yeah. Should I not ask? No, no. Well, Pittsburgh's actually a really pretty... Well, the Steelers, the Pirates, the Penguins, yes. There's a lot of professional sports there. Um, so, Venue Management School, which is... Jamie's certified, I'm certified, Michael hopefully soon. Um, maybe one day if she plays her cards right. Um, but you get a certification being a venue manager, and it's, um, it's an international organization. But it used to be, um... Every year in, I always say it wrong. Some month. I can't remember. It's in a like, season. Yeah. Well, it's technically in Virginia. Well, not Virginia. West Virginia? I'm looking <laughs> at Jamie. Geography. Anyway, so you go for two weeks for two years in a row. It's a two-year program. Um, and you take the hour-long trip to mm. Pittsburgh. And you tour the stadiums. But it's not so much being in the stadiums and just being in that culture I really really enjoyed it my husband has family up in mm-hmm. Pennsylvania mm-hmm. Um, but ever since I went those two years I've always wanted to go back so now we're actually getting to go where I get to actually go on vacation and really see the sites versus just going and touring the stadiums right. and then going back wheeling, wheeling. I thought it was wheeling but okay. I was like I always say it wrong <laughs> um, yeah so it was a lot of fun but I'm, I'm excited about Pittsburgh I think it'll be nice and you go before the snow yeah, <laughs> although I would go with the snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother's coming down for Christmas this year from Colorado, and I was like, let's hope at least it's 80 when you're here. <laughs> he goes, I'm praying. I was like, good luck, because we had a pretty hot Christmas last year. So to redirect. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> my bad. Uh, is, there any, yeah. is there anything you'd like to share for anyone considering the Bush School, whether it's faculty, staff, or students? Um, you know, I think... It, it's a it's a little early because I feel like I'm on this um, I'm just about to walk in the door right I've been working with them and collaborating with them but so much of it has been oh but you're in the library right so not I can see but I'm not really part of it um, this coming semester it'll be more about that but I think um, you know people sh- if they're thinking about coming. Uh, they should know the the Bush School, the faculty and the students are really sincere. They're very committed um, to, uh, as Ryan Crocker once said, a life of service, right? And um, they're very uh, energetic about, you know, making the world better, about finding solutions uh, and addressing issues. Uh, the faculty, the administrators, the students, the staff, everybody is. And it is. You mentioned before, it's kind of like a smaller community. Um, so even though we get a little bit bigger with some additional departments, I think um, we're all kind of working in the same direction, which, you know, you can't say of every organization. Um, you know, it's and true. it's very, there's a lot of meaning in what people do. Yeah. So. I like that she used energetic because 
when I think about all the times that we go over there or we talk to anybody or every time we do an espresso shot, because we don't really get to talk to the faculty that often, um, everybody is. They're all so happy. I don't understand it. Don't look so disgusted. <laughs> like, I'm not disgusted. Geez. I just don't. I just don't like. Is there different water that they're drinking over there? They have some yeah. Sort they of get juice. their filters changed. Yeah, they do. Like, probably. Yeah. Like, like it's not a bad thing. I just like every. I've never been over there when anyone has been even in a like a bad meh mood. mood. Yeah, yeah. Like everyone is just so happy. You come here and it's like meh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, you come here, you get to the corner, the end office, it goes meh, and the rest of it gets lively around the corner. That's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Mine's the last office. They sure. put me in the very back so nobody could hear me. Yeah, they keep you away from everybody. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you need the, you need the low, low key and, you know, time for reflection too. And I do think that is probably one of the things that because everybody is so involved in moving forward that they don't necessarily get enough of is just that time to like let me pause and reflect on what we're doing and yeah. what we've learned and maybe that's why joe always shuts his door he's reflecting <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well he's still in his same office his whole staff left him oh well they're down where nonprofit used to be oh off the elevator yeah i don't know Every time I go in that building, I get lost. So it's really sad because there is a map. Yes, and I look at the map and like, okay, Holly and I discussed this the other day after her walkthrough. And when I mentioned that Sarah won't let us get digital signage, we don't need it. Our building is five rooms. But big. if we had an interactive one, we don't need one. You want signs that'll tell people where to go? Yeah, we have banners for that. I mean, like an interactive one. We where don't I have can three floors. No, I, we don't have like twenty the, offices per one but at wing the of the building, floor. It should be interactive, where I can type in whose office I'm looking for, like put their name in, mm-hmm. and it can show me on the map like how to get there. You know that came up in the remodel when they were talking about yeah, budget got cut. And that's an IT question. You should take it up with our fearless IT leader. That's what Holly said. <laughs> <laughs> But it should because whenever I go over there, they've moved. It's, <laughs> they've moved. I will agree with that. Like I get it down and I know exactly where I'm going and I show up and that is not the person that is in that office. They shouldn't be moving again for a while, I would hope. I don't go over there very often. <laughs> Have they renumbered? Because I know that I, the last time I looked, I think that the, the offices didn't go in order. Like they skip around because they added some. <laughs> And they filled in. So, so you're like, uh, 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 uh. oh, yeah. man. Probably not. The main signage hasn't changed. Those plaques that say mm-hmm. the numbers down which hallway. Mm-hmm. I just wander around till I find who I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. 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 Holly, where are you? So yeah. Stopping random people. Yeah. Well, you know, in some ways, so you're going to make an Aggie joke, right? It's like, it's an, Bring Aggie, it. thing. It's an Aggie <laughs> thing, right? Which is, so one more allusion to the library. You know, the basement collection, and we had signage for it, was on the sixth floor. <laughs> Not in the basement? No. <laughs> that's uh, that's top class Aggie engineering <laughs> or architecture. Which one would that be? Oh. Space and mapping department that doesn't exist anymore? Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I don't know. But sometimes I drive through some of these new neighborhoods and I'm like, I bet an Aggie designed this because mm. it makes no sense numbers on the houses like why does it jump you just jumped 
from a house right next door to it from like 3,400 to 3,500 where the rest of the house is. Mm-hmm. They burned down. <laughs> they planted trees Right instead. next to each other. Yeah. Anyways, my GPS hates me. <laughs> it's out of date. Yeah. Right? It needs to update. Is it the truck or is it your phone that's out of it's date? It's my phone. Yeah. Oh. It's Things like 10 old. years old. Um, Takes the worst photos. 2010? I think yeah. that's when I got it. Wow. <laughs> Well, I think you've made your money back. <laughs> it's holding on. It's holding on strong. I can't. So I can't strong. talk. Mine's pretty old too. But I'm more than that. I'm all for it. They're so expensive now. So expensive now. Keep it as long as it's working. Well, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, us. sorry. We always, <laughs> but we digress. Yes. yes. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Espresso Shot. Make sure to visit our website, apcc.tamu.edu, where you can subscribe to the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you'll never miss an exciting show. While you're at it, if you enjoy the show, leave a review or comment, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. Or if you're interested in being a guest, email us at apcc.tamu.edu. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.